ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Lock and load. It's time for the gun rack with your hosts, Joey and Drew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gun Racks Norges Institute School of Firearms Technology's official podcast. I'm Josiah Upper. Folks call me Joey, and with me, we have one. It's me, Drew. Is that a. I don't even want to know, honestly. It was supposed to. I, I know what it was. I'm just very disappointed in you. I thought of it the last second. I didn't have time to work on my impersonation of Mario. I'm I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. You're I gonna just try want to do to a have... take on that with no overalls. You disgust me. <laughs> I just wanted to try to inject some fun and some humor into this episode. Humor is for the Chads, and the Chads are our commenters and our right. trivia winners. Listen, we live in a world where Chris Pratt got cast as Mario. We do. And uh, it's not great. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to weigh into the midterms this November, but I feel like it will somehow. <laughs> um, and I, I like Chris Pratt, but... I do too, but some things in this world are morally wrong. <laughs> like... Chris Pratt being Mario is proof that sometimes truth is objective rather than subjective. I would agree with that. Wait, was it Charlie Day they had as uh, Luigi? I don't remember. It should be somewhat like it could be like a Timothy Chalamet. Um, <laughs> so that way, when they do the Luigi's Mansion videos or movies, they uh, they can make it unnecessarily creepy. I would actually watch that. I'm not gonna. Lie. I also would watch that. <laughs> I'm getting hyped for it. And Hollywood, if you're exist. listening, Hollywood, if you're listening right now, we got some great ideas cooking and on the gun. We know you rack. are. We know you are. They keep their finger on the pulse. They they understand what Zipfizz can do for you. Uh, it's been some time since we brought them up, but they're carrying right now. Um, they they go hard. So. Uh, in case you guys were wondering, this this remains a firearms-related podcast. We just have some big feelings on occasion. Um, and we have some cool stuff to talk about today. But of course, we have some, uh, some things early on we want to work our way through. We have some uh, trivia to share with you guys. Get some write-ins for that. Um, share the old answer. Get some new stuff. Um, we have a pretty cool topic today to get into as well. So let's get into today's trivia. What do we have for Drew's Clues? All right. For um, this week, well, I can't tell you the answer yet, but I can't tell you last week's answer. Last week's answer was the Carcano Modelo 1891. Um, this week. This Chinese bullpup assault rifle fires five. by 42 millimeter cartridges and has been criticized for its ergonomics which makes the firearm not ambidextrous and it has a magazine capacity of 30 rounds and those are your drew's clues real quick uh first of all we had some wonderful feedback on our gunskins episode we'd like to share um but also real quick i'd love to tell you a little bit more about sdi so 
SDI, or Sonoran Desert Institute is our full name, uh, is an online accredited school with focuses on firearms technology and unmanned technology. Uh, that means we work with gunsmiths and we work with drone pilots and we love what we do. We love being able to positively impact these students' lives every day. We also like being able to do this podcast, but you know, uh, the school is wonderful. There are multiple programs that you can check out. There's a certificate program in the School of Unmanned Technology. It's the Certificate in Unmanned Technology Aerial Systems. It's worth your time uh, checking that one out if you're interested. And then, of course, in the world of firearms technology, we have the Associate of Science of Firearms Technology, the ASFT, and the Certificate in Firearms Technology Gunsmithing. CFTG. If you're interested in any of those, hop on to sdi.edu. You can check out our course catalog, see what you would be learning about. As a student here at the school, there's even a live chat option available if you want to just talk with someone about what this school can do. If you want to learn more about gunsmithing, uh, we heartily recommend you check out Sonoran Desert Institute at sdi.edu. Okay, so we got some feedback about our Gunskins episode that we both thought was uh, very kind of uh, the uh, the listener to drop. I don't think they expected us to read it out loud at this episode, but uh, we're pretty uh, nakedly. Uh, wow, what a word to just drop off. <laughs> it's good to um, say, where are you going with this, buddy? We're, we're pretty shamelessly into praise in any sort of form here on the Gunwreck podcast. Um, I didn't even need the word nakedly. It was a, it was a waste. Um, I'll save it for later. Um, yeah, so we're sharing it. We're sharing it anyway. Long story yes. short. Yeah, so this is uh, this is from Jeff. And he said, I just found your podcast via Spotify. I listened to your interview with Gunskins. They are a great product that I discovered several years ago. I have their mag plate covers on all my pistol mags. It makes it very easy at the range to identify my mags because they all have the Punisher logo on them. Thanks for awesome. the interesting show. I'm going to keep listening. Hey, that is fantastic. And thank you for listening. If you are new to the gun rack, and I know for a fact that actually there are quite a few of you who are this month because we track the numbers, you can check out uh, early this month. We did one on a uh, tactical course with uh, Ricondo Operations Group as a few episodes ago. Uh, and if you have not listened to the episode on gun skins, I know if you're scrolling through your feed, you're looking at the titles of episodes, gun skins might not be a name you're familiar with, but you should be. Really interesting concept uh, out there, kind of countering some of the hydro dip, Serico, uh, Duraco, all of that stuff. So check out the, the gun skins episode. We got one of the guys there. So worth checking out if you haven't already. But enough about hyping up previous episodes. Let's hype up this episode because today we are talking about the Sig Sauer P365X Macro. And uh, their, their tagline on their website is macro means more. Like you did not know that already. <laughs> so... Do you have any info about this firearm as, as we break ground here? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Um, and I'm getting this from recoilweb.com. Essentially, the P365X macro, it has the grip of the P322 with a compensator 
like the P365XL Spectre, but it's it's in a package that's slightly slimmer, shorter, and lighter than a Glock 19. Yeah, solid. They even made a helpful flow chart. Did they or, really? Uh, or, or like a, one of those uh, circle charts. Like a Venn diagram with all the yeah. different 365 models? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so the Sig Sauer released the P365 not even that long ago. It's still, I mean... I think it was like two, three weeks ago, something like that. The uh, oh, I just meant like the whole, like the three sixty five as a oh, sorry, yeah, very first one. Um, still not that, not that old. And uh, they put out essentially this stack and a half magazine, micro compacts, really, really concealable uh, firearm chambered in nine millimeter, of course. And uh, while there were some initial blurbs about quality control, uh, I think I can say reasonably confidently at this point that those quality control issues have been fully checked. You never know, but that is my understanding. And SIG, of course, did what every good company does when they have a successful product. And they said, let's exploit the bejesus out of this thing. They took the, the uh, concealability, they took the uh, very small profile, the very short barrel length, and said, what if we didn't do any of that? <laughs> and, and started expanding this thing out into all sorts of weird categories. But what they are doing, interestingly enough, I think, is producing firearms that are similar in... What, what's, the, what's the thing that nothing fancy... I think still says I have not watched his stuff in a long time because I just don't. But uh, philosophy of use, I think he said this, the philosophy of use for a lot of these firearms are going to be very similar to the SIG P320s philosophy of use, but they're a little bit different. These come with a little bit more. Um, trigger is very different, uh, but uh, it's a much slimmer profile as well. I actually, my first concealed carry gun was a P320 compact, I think, the 3.9 inch barrel one. And I couldn't carry it because it was so, the handle was so, I just said handle, grip, uh, was incredibly fat. And I had big hands, but like to the point where it was, it was just abundantly obvious I was carrying a firearm every time. It's very frustrating. So with the P365 macro, we've got, I'm just going to do a little walkthrough of the specs. So it's chambered in nine millimeter. This I'm sure you guys probably could guess. Uh, it comes with two 17 round steel mags. So it's, it's 17 plus one. It also comes with day and night sights. Um, the barrel is not threaded. Um, so if you wanted to take this thing to its logical conclusion and make it in no way concealable with a suppressor of some sort. Um, you can't do that with this one. It's compact. Uh, overall length, this is all straight from Six Hours website. I don't think I said that earlier. Overall length is 6.6 .6 inches. It is 1.1 inch wide, which is actually wider than the regular 365, if I remember correctly. And I think I've said in the past that firearms width is something that I can uh, weigh very heavily in concealed carry. Um, and I don't think a lot of people do. 
Uh, it's 5.2 inches tall. Barrel length is still 3.1 inches, which is funny because if you look at it, it sure does not look like a 3.1 inch barrel. I think that's because of the compensator. Weighs 21.5 ounces. Sight radius is 5.1 inches, which interesting considering the barrel length. It's got an accessory rails, striker fired, of course, flat trigger, polymer, and uh, I think that's all the uh, proprietary info for this. Oh, it's also optics ready, which surprised me quite a bit. So big capacity for a compact handgun. In fact, I'm just gonna go ahead and outright say, firearms companies really, really, really like to uh, call their firearms compact when they frequently aren't. And I would put this under that category. I don't think this qualifies as a compact whatsoever. Um, 17 rounds, guys, like that's, it's, it's not, it's primary use isn't for concealed carry. But still an interesting firearm. The, uh, the, the width is fairly small still. And uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. I'm just working my way through the specs and, and processing a little bit as we go here. Optics ready yep. is a nice touch though, for sure. Okay. Um, I did want to give you guys just the, the tagline that SIG has used on their website. Um, partially because we write copy and it's interesting, but um, partially because the, um, I, I've also got what appears to be an MSRP on this thing. Because um, it, it gives us a little bit of an idea of what their, their idea of what this should be used for. Um, so they say the P365 X macro brings more of everything that made the P365 the number one selling gun in America, which is <laughs> absolutely hilarious for reasons we've already discussed. Uh, back to the tagline here. With an innovative new magazine design in the P365 macro, packs a full-size 17 plus one round capacity into the thin iconic profile of the P365. P365X macro is also more shootable with an integrated compensator that reduces muzzle flip and makes follow-up shots faster and more accurate. With its slim one-inch wide design, the P365X macro is more concealable and more comfortable to carry than any other 17-round gun on the market. More capacity, period. Hit that enter button, new line. More shootability, period. Enter button. More concealability, period. Enter button. <laughs> The P365X macro, macro means more. Because again, in case you've forgotten from earlier on the page. This is going to be almost a little philosophical debate here. So the P365, as we talked before, was a very, is, it's not like it doesn't exist anymore, a very concealable firearm. And one of the things that was so cool about it was how tiny it is. In fact, it was so tiny that uh, my, the, um, the guys over at Wakondo Operations Group, because we were talking about the 365, complained that they had never met anyone who uh, the 365 fit their hand because it's that small, but it sold well because of how tiny it is. Um, it sold well because it is this micro compact little thing and uh, is preposterously concealable 
while still providing some capacity. So if the 365 X macro brings more of everything that made 365 the number one selling gun in America, we're talking of, it would have to somehow include increased concealability, which would be a very hard bar for them to clear. Maybe mildly increased capacity. 17 rounds is too much, not because capacity is a bad thing, but because uh, magazines have height. So like that, it's not just a capacity in a vacuum. They basically turned their P365 and turned it into a really nice Glock. It might be about closer to the size of a 19 than a 17, but it's still in that space to, to claim that it's doing more of all the P365 things is just not congruent with the reality of their markets for a lot of their consumers. It doesn't mean that the firearm's bad. It's just the, the marketing play is very confusing to me. Something else worth mentioning here. This is not a cheap firearm. Glock 19s, as I'm sure you guys know, generally you can walk out of the door at about 600 bucks for a new one used. Sometimes you can do a little better, although the used market for Glocks is, of course, exceptionally strong, especially for those chambered in nine millimeter. Uh, the Sig Sauer P365 X Macro uh, on guns.com, which is what Sig Sauer links to if you want to buy the thing, is $863.99, which, first of all, is, is a weirdly specific number. But that's we're talking about a high-end concealed carry gun if you're looking at the mid-800s. And if you're going to consider it a concealed carry gun, which I'm not sure that I do still. Um, so it's either a duty gun or it's a range gun. And I don't have any issue with that. SIG makes wonderful shooting firearms, like bar none, right? But if you're looking at a concealed carry gun and you want to get up that high price-wise, um, you get some real options on the board. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sure if they can hang with some of those options. My um, my six-hour C3 may be a 1911, essentially. But it runs right about that um, retail and it's, you know, it's discontinued. So there's not much of retail, but there's a very strong backup market for it. It's in the same general space. And I would much rather have the C3 than this. Even the, um, I'd rather get like a Glock 43 and mod the crap out of it for the same price point. And I don't even like Glocks. I was going to say that's a. That's something coming from you, Joey. Yeah, man. But um, if we're looking at this, and I, I understand that the um, PO7 and PO9 are broader, I believe, than this particular firearm. But I, I'd be much happier with a PO. I think the PO9 is smaller. It's the PO7, forgive me. But those CZ uh, firearms are significantly cheaper, and then you can spend that money on training, which is always a good call. Right. Mm. Um, the Smith and Wesson CSX is like 500 bucks ish. Now that's a totally different firearm really. Cause that's almost P365 size. Um, so that's real. I mean, you're appealing to a different market there. So that might not be the most fair, but this is, I am positive a wonderful shooting firearm because SIG makes cool products. I mean, the end, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, uh, before I, pass on from this earth i'm going to put a 226 in my collection because they're iconic um the b320 is regularly in the best 
selling handguns on Gunbroker when we review those. SIG does good stuff. Um, I don't understand the need for this one. Um, maybe you can do some fun competition shooting stuff in it. It'd be kind of a short barrel for that. Um, I don't know. There's there's something for everyone, though. I loved this. God help me. I loved the uh, Springfield XDE, and that firearm lasted about 14 minutes on the uh, on their website before they discontinued it because it was just not very popular. So I might just have bad takes on things. Um, yeah, but this one is uh, a little superfluous to me. Drew, do you have any takes? Uh, I mean, not really. It's it's really hard to say without having, you know, without either of us being able to really fire it ourselves. I know. I really wish this came with some sort of recording on the range. We'll put yeah. that on the bucket list. And uh, if we are able to test this out, we will totally do so and, and record it. And if there's an apology to be made, I will happily make it. I, I would love nothing more than to be wrong. And this thing just kick wholesale. butt. yeah, I think. Some of our affiliates have talked about it. So, like, you know, like uh, we had Caleb Savant on the show. Yes. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he talked about. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Brownells talked about it. Mr. Gunn, oh, guys, check that out. That's cool. And both of them, you know, <sighs> seem to have some good things to say about it. I don't think either of them are a huge fan of the trigger, if I recall correctly. But really? Um, they said it's not a bad trigger, but it's not great. The break isn't as clean as they would like it. But they also didn't really delve into, I guess, the philosophical argument that you sort of touched on. Mm-hmm. And I saw a comment, you know, you know, they're just kind of talking about, you know, SIG has been releasing a lot of firearms lately. That is uh, as, facts, yes. And they worry that maybe SIG is pricing themselves out again this one's you know right now it's retailing at 800 yeah mid upper mid 800s which is a lot Mm -hmm. and i think i think the point you raised about like you know is there a significant difference in this firearm compared to maybe some of the other models is it worth it you know to spend that much money on this firearm i don't know yet Oh, oh, I'm an idiot. Okay, here's its comparison, I think. This is the the market that they're targeting. And um, I actually mentioned it inadvertently on here uh, just a few minutes ago. Actually, before I do that, let me just mention uh, Hickok 45 has a 26-minute long video on this particular firearm. Uh, Hickok and SDI have been the best of friends for a long time, actually longer than I've been here. Um, so, of course, we're happy to uh, tell people to go check that out. Uh, Hickok 45, if you want to look it up specifically, the title is SIG P365-X Macro Comp. And uh, he actually uh, manages to avoid saying macro means more in his title, which I very much Whoa. appreciate. I know, it's not even in his description. Um, they're trying to bite into the Glock 43X market, which is the Glock 43 with a longer, um, longer grip and increased capacity there. That's the angle they're taking, which I feel kind of stupid for not having thought about that earlier. And in that context, it makes sense. 
because capacity wise, 17 rounds is going to trounce a 43 eggs. Um, actually, could you look up what the capacity of a Glock 43 X is while we're yes, sir. sitting here? Um, and of course the comp in there built in is great. Always good. Um, that's what it's going after. That being said, I don't understand the market appeal of the 43X as a concept. With the Glock 17 and the Glock 19, and I think it's the grip length is more comparable to a 19, is one of, even if I don't like it, the best semi-compact handguns uh, ever made and still on the market. Um, why you would want to make it just a little thinner it is a little strange to me. Did you figure out what it was? 10. 10. Okay. Well, 10's not terrible. Uh, but I'd rather have 15 plus one if it's, you know, the the additional lift is so little. I know the, the grip width is going to be a pretty big play there. But 17 plus one rounds versus 10 plus one rounds is, um, that's a pretty significant difference. So I do understand the play there. And that's a very sick thing to do to try to outflank a comparable product with capacity. I still stand behind my earlier point that this is not more of the original 365. It's a totally different firearm with the same branding. Um, and it's much more expensive than the 43X, obviously. So that's worth keeping in mind. Um, that being said, if you folks want to go check this thing out more, Hickok 45's got a video on it. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's great. I've yet to see a Hickok 45 video that I wasn't happy to have watched by the end. And that is the P365X macro. Hopefully, what's that? Uh, no, I, I did just want to point out, I was just comparing prices. Um, so like I was using Academy Sports and Outdoors. I love Academy. I don't, you know, support local when you can, but Academy does have cheap stuff. <laughs> yeah. So there the P365X macro is retailing for $799.99. Oh, that's a bit better. Yeah, the Glock 43X, um, granted it's older, so obviously it's... But yeah, it's, but it's uh, still pretty new. Yeah, it's uh, $499.99. Ooh, yeah. I think I would be, um, for the $300 price difference, I mean, I know the capacity. Capacity is king in a lot of ways, right? That's significant. But I'd also rather just get a Glock 43X and $300 worth of ammunition and training. Well, I was going to say, like, when you went to Recondo, uh, how much was that one training session? That class was $100. And that, I will say, is exceedingly rare for technical classes like that. They're normally mm -hmm. two, 300 bucks. Sure. Uh, Recondo, though, if you got, I can't recommend those guys more. Um, their, their prices are unbelievable. The real cost there was, of course... Uh, ammo expenditure. I think I spent 150 bucks in ammunition. Gotcha. Um, so probably about $250 a day in total. But again, for those other classes, you're paying for ammo too. So there's still a very significant savings there. But if I wanted to spend a full day working with a Glock 43X, um, I can do that comfortably with really good trainers for less than the price difference between these two firearms. And that's significant, I think. Anyway, um, if you guys are interested in it, go have fun. There's no reason to not go shoot this thing. See if you can have a fun time with it. Maybe somewhere around you has a rental you can get your hands on. I kind of doubt it because it's so new. But um, 
it's cool stuff very cool stuff yeah and if you like it right into us tell us what you liked about it yeah i'd love to get your take on it this is this particular space and i think i've betrayed myself a little bit here is i i think that guns should either be semi-compact like a glock 19 or totally compact like a uh, 365. I would even give credit to like a Glock 26 in there. Uh, this weird half measure, really long grip uh, trend is incredibly confusing to me. So if you guys have takes on that, you have opinions on it, we'd love to hear them. Like seriously, that's, I'd love that. So uh, send those in at marketing at sdi.edu or if you're listening to this on YouTube or just feel like doing it on YouTube, Leave a comment there. We do monitor that stuff. We'd love to give you a shout out and uh, maybe we can even have you on the podcast if your take is, is uh, sufficiently spicy. So good, good stuff. You ready for some uh, Tales from the Range? Yes, please. All right. So this one is from snipershide.com. This is from Captain Morgan 460. One fall day, I impromptu decided I would take a weekend off of pheasant hunting to tag a deer on my parents' farm. Nice. I hadn't big game hunted in a while and binge watched every episode of Meat Eater to the point there were 500 different recipes I needed to try. That'd be a lot of deer. Yeah. I was spoiled growing up with a sporterized Mauser 98s uh, of various calibers for typical hunting rifles. Uh, after a quick inventory, I realized that everything either didn't have a scope, had parts swapped, or needed to be replaced, or didn't have any reloads made. Remaining stock was either... 5.56 carbine or a heavy PRS type rig. And that wasn't going to work. A couple days till the opener, no problem. I ran uptown, picked up a nice little Ruger American Predator and 6.5 yes, Freedmore. Let's go. <laughs> uh, mounted a Ruger American for the win. <laughs> I thought you'd like them. Yeah. Uh, mounted a Leopold. Uh, VXR and was mostly ready for the weekend. All that was left was to get. A good zero. So I hustled to the farm after work on Friday and set up a target at 25, 50, and 100 to get a quick zero. It was prone out on the front deck with a chronograph in front. Shot at 25, pretty close, so I made an adjustment. Shot at 50, pretty much right on. Backed out to 100. Three shots later, and it's nowhere. What in the world? Back to 50 with three shots with one nice ragged hole. Okay, back to 100 with three shots after pulling up a few more pieces of paper. There's a two-foot gap. So now he's wondering what's going on. Rinse and repeat back and forth from 25, 50, 100, 50, 100, This et is my personal hell. Yes. I think anyone who's tried to zero a rifle has had this happen to them at one point. So he's at the point, he's running out of ammo, like, because he's been trying this so much, and he doesn't know what's going on. Twenty, Yeah, 25 and 50, it's shooting excellent. Uh, but at 100, it's the worst he's ever seen in any rifle in his entire life. Um, it says, all the engineering and firearms experience I have, I'm drawing a blank. It's getting dark, and I have no idea what to do. But that's when my old man walks up, and it takes him about three seconds to figure out what's happening and say, you're shooting through the bottom of the railing. Oh, my gosh. So apparently... 25 and 50 yards just cleared the bottom of the railing. At 100, I was tipped just low enough to punch through the 2 by 6 Oh, yikes. Um, 
so he got it fixed. Everyone ended up getting a deer, but uh, he still hasn't fixed that board yet. Yeah, I'll leave it. Uh, a few months ago, might have been even longer now, my grandfather, I was trying to pattern a shotgun. We should talk about patterning shotguns sometime, but um, I was trying to pattern a shotgun and he had put up, you know, kind of standard targets with uh, one by ones um, or maybe one by twos up as the you know side posts for the target. And I accidentally blasted the snot out of that, uh, out of those little support pieces of wood. And he was, that's the first time I've looked at my grandfather and seen murder in his eyes. Oh, no. He, he was really displeased. Um, I mean, we're talking about exactly $7 worth of lumber. So we were able to make it right. But uh, been there, been there. For now, folks, we have one more thing to share with you, and that is SDI one more time. If you want to learn about this school and you don't want to take it from two uh, so- somewhat similar looking dudes uh, sitting sitting in their chairs um, in, in the late morning, early afternoon hours, um, you can hop on to sdi.edu, it, click on the news tab, now on the right, you'll see grad features. And those are stories from our graduates, um, interviews that we've held with them about their experience here and, and what their life was like before and now. And uh, they could just tell you so much more about the school than we ever could. So hop on to SDI.edu, news, grad features, learn a little bit more about the school that way, should you be interested. But for now, I think that's the gun wreck. Have fun out there, everyone, and we will see you at the range. Sonoran Desert Institute is an online school accredited by the DEAC. It is headquartered at 1555 West University Drive in Tempe, Arizona. For more information about how you can craft your firearms future, visit sdi.edu.